Hi everyone, it's Tom Panos and I've got with me Paul Tonic. Now, Paul Tonic was on critical behaviours of seven-figure agents a few years ago. Everyone raved about it. People raved about him at ARIC a few years ago. Top um, real estate guy for Rewa six years in a row and he does training, coaching. But today we're going to talk about uh, what he does with social media with his real estate company called Altitude here in Perth. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Tom. I'm pumped to have you. Thank you. Um, so, Paul, um, I want to talk a little bit. Give me the 60-second snapshot. What does Paul Tonic do with his life? Um, I enjoy things that challenge me. Yeah. Um, for me, it's all about well-being. It's all about knowing that every day I get up is a game day. Um, I think it goes a lot, lot of um, emphasis on your health so that um, you wake up with purpose. I know I'm, I consider myself very lucky to wake up every day and go, do you know, bring it, what am I going to do? Challenge myself that I'm not in a monotonous um, process of Groundhog Day. So I just keep um, evolving and reinventing myself so that, you know, I know that whatever I do that day is going to try and bring out the best in me. Right. Okay, so you sound like a person that has, it's really important that you're doing things that you like, energise you, you love. Yeah, I think that we can easily get asked and dragged from pillar to post, asked to do things. Um, I really look at what I should say yes to and what I should say no to. Um, and that was something I learnt a long time ago, I think, when I got really busy and even with the coaching in real estate, suddenly you, you attract a lot of people and you try to help, help everyone and you realise that it's to your own detriment. I think now, um, you know, if I break that little philosophy down, even being really comfortable now after all these years in the industry to say no to business. Because right. the minute I say, you know, no to a bad client, I'm saying yes to being able to still help my good clients. Right. So I work on that philosophy that what should I be saying yes to in this chapter of my life? Do you say no to vendors now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. What's um, a, who would be a vendor you'd say no to? Uh, no marketing, um, fees are low, um, unrealistic price. Um, they're the things that, you know, are, how serious are they about selling? Um, and I really, it's my job to make them understand. I take full accountability for making them understand. So no one's not tight with their fees. If they, if they don't want to pay my fee, I just haven't been good enough to make them understand my fee's worth it. And so I look at my next appraisal going, well, where can I make that up? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I learned from the other great trainers in the industry, um, I suppose it changed my, my perspective on things, is that I always take accountability if I get it or not. It's never that the owner was tight or the other agent dropped their price. It's all about being accountable for whatever decision that owner made. It was your responsibility to tell a story, to buy into what you can offer them. Beautiful. I like that. So what you're saying is you don't outsource or delegate responsibility for losing business. Never. What is it that you could have done in that situation to have a different result? Yeah, and making that tough call. And Sometimes the best calls back to that owner is not from you. It's from a third party that says, you know, Paul always looks at evolving. What stopped you from going with them? The old, I tossed the coin, it was so close. They're things that um, owners will say because they're not used to telling people they haven't got a job most of the time. So really researching and building this bulletproof system around you. And, you know, when you don't get the business, I, after 15 years, it still tears me apart. But now it tears me apart and I say, where did I lose it? Like, I so much want to find out why I didn't get the business. And that helps in your research and that helps you evolve as an agent. Okay. So in addition to all this stuff that you do, sports management, um, coaching, training, the owner of Altitude, so you're a, a coach and leader and owner of a business, you also write real estate, you're a million-dollar agent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, my passion. Um, I suppose a few years ago I took up the general manager's role and um, it affected my well-being. I, I love Saturdays. I love walking out with the business. It fueled me. Um, 
I took three years off sales and I, I totally got lost. Right. Um, at the time, I kind of like was really happy that I was going to come out of the picture a bit and relax. But within six months, I was hating what I was doing and just went straight back into sales a couple of years later and I've never been happy again. You, have, you like it? I love it. Okay. Oh, it's game day. It's, it's what's my, you know, the top performers out there will know that. There's nothing like walking away with the business, you know, straight in, straight out. And you know, trying to avoid getting a speeding ticket because you're so pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. So I want to, I want Paul. I get various people to talk on videos on things that they're doing different and better. You are ahead of the curb in social media for real estate. I've always seen you as being leading the way, um, and my audience asks me all the time about Facebook, the do's and the don'ts. In a nutshell, tell me about how you use social media for your real estate business. Firstly, um, you brought up a really good point about how do I use social media. I use social media to get business. I don't wait for social media to bring me business. Right. And no different to any other type of marketing tool. You know, you put a profile out in the paper, that's great, but if you haven't backed it up with all this history of your great service, you won't get any effect. People don't ring you unless you've got a background. Social media is something you've got to build and you have to be educated in it. You can be, um, you've got to be persistent without being a pest and you've got to know there's an etiquette to it all and that etiquette continually evolves. I know for us, we, we started just a little bit earlier than everyone and it was by default. Um, a gentleman which I give a lot of credit to is a man in Perth named Peter Fletcher. Right. Um, I know we were going through the GFC and like any company, uh, marketing's the first thing you give away and we were sitting there going, what if, what's next, what do we do? And I saw social media as an area six years ago that no one was in. Um, I met with Peter and he was nice enough to give me his time and um, start me off. And there was a lot of trial and error, but shortly, um, you know, like things that you see a little bit of momentum, we built some really great momentum. And, um, you know, if I was to talk about the last two years, we brought in over half a million dollars in fees in the last two years of our social media pages. And now all our social media is run by vendor paid advertising. Right. So the vendors buy into it. Um, they pay for all the ads. Um, Facebook has, has totally changed the way it does things, and you now pay to get on the pages. And for us, that's great because we can show um, to the, our owners where it goes. And we talked about Google Analytics earlier. 60% of our traffic to our website now comes from our Facebook ads. Right. Okay. Which is paid by our vendors. So let's start from the start. You've got a Facebook page? Yeah, I, I have a personal page which I have over 5,000 followers on my personal page. Um, that just has, that never ever has real estate. It has hints of real estate, but never has any properties on it. I don't advertise real estate. Facebook is a social environment, that's why it's called social media. It's a great opportunity to attract new friends and show your personality. Okay, so that's Paul Tonic. That's Paul Tonic. I then have Perth Property, Paul Tonic. That has about 6,500 followers. Um, I have the settings on there so that 90% of that audience is Perth, is right. local. It's not people from other countries that um, have no interest in doing business. It's a pure database. It's fueled by my owners and it's only about property. Okay, what do you post? I post new listings, um, basically um, any information that I have coming on. Most of the new listings are fueled by the owners. So I look at a $100 ad, which normally gets me about um, $23,000, 25000 $25, appearances on the walls. Right. Um, it works very well. If you don't pay, you're not going to go onto the walls. Um, a lot of people I see do a lot of hard work, but because they haven't studied how the algorithm works, they're really just spinning on the spot. 
if someone's watching this and they're actually totally new to it, they're listening to you and they're saying, wow, you actually pay to put a post? I thought everything I post goes on there. What you're saying is the way the algorithm works now is it doesn't necessarily put everything onto your followers. Um, you actually have to pay. Yeah, it does. And, that, and that's, you know, they had to. It had to eventually get to that. Um, Facebook's not for everyone. You know, we talk about social media. We automatically drag to Facebook, but LinkedIn is another another fantastic option, and also YouTube. Um, social media gives you an opportunity to, to build, build, build databases and identity. Um, the one thing that you have out there now, you have a social footprint, and the problem that you can have is what we call social schizophrenia. Right. So you've got four or five different identities on there by a possible owner Googling your name. There's all different types of things, and you can come in there before you arrive and... Um, give who you are but if you go in there and they see someone different it confuses them who you really are and more and more people are going to rely on digital footprints to decide Um, the reason why that agents like myself that have got a digital footprint we will make sure they look at that before we arrive there's a good chance that they're going to go then and look at the other agency got coming in as well so that we forced that hand purposely because we built that as a point of difference Okay, okay, that's If I can good. say a really quick example. Yeah. If the people off here got off, um, off this interview and went to YouTube and put in Paul Tonnage, yeah. there's a really strong digital footprint. And I usually ask my future owners to do that before I arrive. And we've purposely built that through YouTube to give them a really clear identity of who we are. Okay, so good takeaway point to our viewers. I think Paul has given you nugget. Um, lead them to get there. Because if you have a digital footprint and your competitors don't, you're outlining that as a strength. Absolutely. Okay, so when you use the word digital footprint, you're talking about what you look like online, social media, what, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah, so if we put it this way, they're going to build an identity and a perception of who you are, and the same way we do it the opposite way around. So before I go to a house... I will check them on LinkedIn, right. I'll check them on Facebook, I'll do Google Images, yeah. and I'll build a profile of my prospective owner, I'll yeah. look at their hobbies, um, a lot of the time they don't have their settings, and you can call it whatever you want, but I call it research. Right. And I know that when I go into that house, um, I went into one the other day, and I knew we had five mutual friends, and somewhere through there, we were able to bring that out, because I knew they had a mutual friend through a sporting club, I then mentioned the sporting club, and they mentioned their name, and I said, yeah, I'm a great friend with them. You know, they know me well. You could probably call them and ask about me from whatever I say to you today. But knowing that research is 80% preparation. It doesn't, looking up LinkedIn, see what companies they own, and talk about their business. You know, I know you're the CEO of such and such. What a great company. I saw that you won quite a few awards. Um, People love that you recognise them. People love to hear about themselves. So you're saying... That's a great opportunity. So, Paul, you're saying use social media as part of your research prior to attending the listing presentation. Absolutely. Okay. Why, why wouldn't you? It's yeah. free information. Yeah, I mean, and you're beginning to actually say something to me. Like, I believe personal recommendation is one of the major drivers of decision-making, and social media is basically personal recommendation on steroids. I mean, it's the it's reason why TripAdvisor does so well. It's basically people recommending it, and it's more authentic than a company spending billions of dollars marketing saying we're the best, the fact that other people engage that are saying it about you. And you're saying is use it to actually learn more about your owners. What 
what are so? I mean, and I, you mentioned to me earlier on in the notes about birthdays, you know, and finding out birthdays. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Um, you'll get a lot of people that join your network, and if you don't want people on that personal page, that's not a problem. It's not that you have to do what I do, but I have mine as a public personal page um, because I use that as my point of difference to grow my network, and that's not for everybody. Um, I know that I never miss a birthday. And saying happy birthday to people that you don't know allows that first type of appreciation. Uh, you know, we're all different. I know then when it's my birthday, I like knowing who said happy birthday to me, and that doesn't make me wrong. But when it's total strangers, you think, oh, that was nice. Having and building likability is really important inside communities, and we work on a basic formula for our business. They've got to know you, like you, trust you, then they'll use you, and once they've used you, if you do what you say you're going to do, suddenly they refer you. And that's a simple cycle. Right. Social media allows them to know you, and through the evidence in there, possibly like you, and through the social proof, then trust you. And that's something that you know we've never had before, and if worked well, can be quite a competitive edge. But you have to understand how it works. Okay, can I ask your learnings, because you've been doing it longer than most people in real estate, what are your takeaway learnings of the do's and don'ts of posts on social media? Yeah, just think about um, talking about yourself is the biggest no. But if you want to have yourself broadcasted, a really good example is that I will write on one of my staff members' walls how fantastic they've been that week and incredible number sales. Now, that's not him saying that, but then all his friends in that social circle get social proof that, and the amount of comments, well done, well done, fantastic, we always knew you are good. But that's writing, um, you know, hi Paul, I just want to take this opportunity in front of all your friends, sorry about this, but you, you're a magnificent member of the team, your sales this week has shown great leadership and everyone's inspired by you, well done. Now suddenly all his, all his social network have just seen him publicly be praised. Yeah. So powerful. Oh, but if Paul got on there and said, hey, guys, I've sold six houses this week, how good am I? It can, there's some people going to be happy for you. A lot of people will say, well, who cares? The way to decide what you're going to say, just imagine you're in a party. And if I walked up to you, Tom, and I said something and you'd be looking at me going, and so what? They're conversations. So even just inspirational quotes, they can be great. But all you need to add on is... Um, a great quote and say, I'm going to try and do this today. I thought this was a fantastic quote. I'm just going to share it. Maybe my day will change today. It, make the quotes about you, not that you suddenly post these quotes every time and you become the Dalai Lama. And your friends go, well, that's great. I don't need your quote. But make it all about the quote was about you, but share it. You know, I like this. I hope someone else does. It's just conversations, not statements. Asking questions um, and generating probably things of interest. You've got to stay politically correct because even in the sense of being an agent, um, you've got to protect the marketplace of what your beliefs are and stay away from religion, stay away from politics, stay away from anything that could be construed to be racist yeah. and that can happen quite easily. Um, and know that in, make, make lots of comments on other people's success and thank them. So we think writing status is important. You may not write a status for two years but every day you go out there and write on people's walls and comments, great stuff. Um, and I've had that recently where people love that you took the time to type and actually write something nice about them. So you could never write anything on Facebook, but always just do that. And you're going to build a great image of who you are and that you care about them. 
I'm just, look, I'm talking to you now and my mind is going away. I mean, I'm the sort of person that I listen to stuff and I think to myself, if the, if you weren't here right now, if I could press you pause, I'd stop you and then I would go off and there's things that I'm thinking that I should be doing, right? Because I love executing things that I hear. And you've just given good stuff. Like to me, writing on someone's wall in many ways is like giving them a thank you card. It's you know, gift. It's a gift. I, I really like that. I like the other thing that you said, and it makes sense, is when you actually write on someone's wall, what you're doing is having people in that digital footprint, in that social media community, start engaging to that person. And that is quite different of you saying, I'm the best. Having others talk about you is effective. Having you talk about you is actually pissing people off. I'll give you a good example. Um, a client of yours goes to sell their property and they list it with you. The first thing I ask to that client is, that, are you on Facebook? They say yes. I say, can you take the link from my website, I'll send it to you, and post it on your wall and tell everyone, have a look at my house. Now when they do that, all their friends see that they're using you. That person has just given you social proof. They click on it because it's their friend's house, they see the photos and they'll write magnificent photos, looks great, hope you sell it but they also know who's representing them. And so they're actually sharing your brand out there and giving your brand social proof. Out of all the agents we could have picked, we've picked Paul Tonich, and here's our house for sale. Call them if you're interested. And that's what they're saying without writing that. Right. And so you're suddenly dragging all their friends to your website. And so that's that social proof again, that they see that this is who, or they just don't do anything. Okay, I want to talk about that point. So when you said you're driving them to your website, is that... Is that the end game here? Is, it, is when you're putting a post on there um, and like a, a property, is the link back to your site? Or? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's to get them back to the site and create traffic. Um, it's awareness. To your, what's your website? Um, Altitude. Altitude. Yeah. So when a listing is posted on social media, it's landing pages back to Altitude. Altitude, absolutely. It goes back to Altitude. I see a lot of people use realestate.com as their landing page, use your own website, drive the traffic to your website um, and use your link and allow them, allow that owner to show all their friends that they've picked you to sell their house. And that's important to, you know, I talk about um, the mother mafia. Yeah. Like mother groups are so powerful. Yeah, yeah. And they care for each other. They look at their listings. They're all on Facebook now. You've just told all their friends that you've been the preferred choices agent. And those people move, and they remember, they've seen the quality of your work through your photographs, how good your copy and your text were, and you just suddenly got free ads amongst their social circle. Okay, so takeaway point, get your vendors to get their listing that you've had photos and the copyright to put it on their timeline, and their friends see it, and essentially you are just growing your brand name via your current vendors. Absolutely. Okay. Getting money for Facebook of vendors as part of your VPA, is it difficult? No, what I do, as when you own your page, you can see the amount you spent and the amount of ads you've had. So all I do is um, screenshot the page to show it all, right. screenshot Google Analytics to show it all, and then just laminate it and just bring it to my appraisals and tell the story. Right. It's all about telling the story, how good are you at a story, to make them understand about social media and showing that that's a clear point of difference. No other agent would pull out their Google Analytics and the ad and say, hey, for $100, you can get 25,000 looks at your property. Here's the backing it up to the website. That's $100. And so when you look at that and you show that, that's just another point of difference on top of your whole picture. 
Social media is just another cog in the wheel. It's not the wheel. Okay. Okay. So I've always said to people, like people, Paul, see me as being a print person and because NewZone's part of realestate.com, I you know, push realestate.com, but I push everything because at the end of the day, you go where the crowds are. You know what I mean? Wherever the platform... You can't, how can you ignore social media when we know that there are millions of people on that platform? You want to go wherever there's people because you want people engaging other people talking about you. And today, you've given some amazing content. If it's okay, can I spend the last five minutes not talking about Facebook? Because, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that... Um, one of the strengths that you've got is, and I was listening to it on Critical Behaviours, that CD that we did, your ability to articulate success. What are the successful qualities that you've seen of the best real estate agents? You are a principal, you've got a helicopter view, you're a top performer yourself. What are the critical behaviours you see of successful real estate agents? Okay, I think the first one is, and I'm going to comment from just you know, across the board of successful real estate agents, but also you know, outside of our industry, is that they know that the, the main sale and the main product is them. Right. We've, we've all got access to realestate.com, which I, I love using. We've all got access to the same printers, the same flyers, that nothing, nothing can allow your competitor to replicate you. Um, I find that also top, top, top achievers in any industry are fantastic storytellers. Right. And they tell great stories which allow people to buy into the journey. Um, they have, they have um, some ability to make them understand because other people have, have actually walked that path. Um, and they, they tell great stories and it really, it really is a trait of all the top people. Um, I also think that you've got to have speed. Speed, simplicity and self-confidence. Um, the ability to actually have a presence before arriving that 80% of the influence of the owner is created well before actually getting to the house. Um, well-being is number one. Knowing that you can't work it out, but you feel happy. Right. And if you don't feel happy, that's when you've got to work it out. I know for me it's running. Running is everything for me. So you, fitness is important oh, to absolutely. you. You do sport like how often? You do... um, I'm about to run my 19th marathon. Right. Um, that's so, 42 Ks. Yeah, we've done, done three 100 K marathons. Um, I actually did them with other real estate agents. Wow. Um, just run an 80-kilometre marathon last May. Um, for me, it's the energy that you generate and the ability to think when you're out. Um, I run those... I, I use my training before. I like the 5 o'clock club. I'm yeah. actually the, the quarter to 5 club. Wow. Just to make sure I'm ahead of you. <laughs> um, so I get up at 4.45 and then I go running. I'm there when my kids get up. I've done my... I've, I've, done everything I need to do about thinking and processed everything and I really learned that I, you know at the times of my heights of success I was probably the unhealthiest right. and I know that my creativity my drive personally comes from feeling the fittest you don't have to qualify for the next Olympics but you have to work out and it's individual what makes you happy what what fuels your well-being a happy person is an attractive person energy is everything when you walk into a house and you've got energy, it creates trust because they actually can look at you and go, whatever this gentleman is proposing to do for us, I really believe he can do it because of his energy. Um, it's all about energy. And you, can't, you, can only, you can only fake that for so long in your career. We actually know it's the petrol that goes into you. And it's about having an overview of what's important to you. Every day that, every day that goes by that you don't work on yourself 
you're falling behind the pack of the people that choose to do it. And I know that when I go in and it's showtime, my my showtime is up there. Um, doesn't mean I always win, but I know that there's a good chance that I'm going to out-energise my competitors who can't bring that to the table. Okay, so energy is a weird thing because even though you can't touch it, it's there, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 definitely a thing that people can feel. Um, Good energy, bad energy, and you're saying that exercise is an energy builder. Absolutely. Do you? Do, when do you exercise? Uh, five o'clock. Yeah, in the mornings. Yeah, yeah, most mornings. I'll do things different. Um, I'll mix it up, but five o'clock in the morning, I'll have running partners. I have maybe four or five different ones, and we'll talk about everything. We'll run and talk and um, have a coffee afterwards, and it's all about your mental conditioning. You can't help but feel good when you've got your ass out of bed and you've done something which has tested you. And you can't help but feel good. And then you go into your day and it's all guns blazing. And you've got, um, how old are your kids? My kids are 9 and 11. 9 and 11. So your day looks like you wake up quarter to five and um, you exercise and you have coffee. And how does the day play out after that? I come home and they're upset because I wake them up. Yeah. To school, I argue about getting in the car, I argue with them about having their breakfast. They tell me that I'm mean, then they kiss me, and I drop them at school. Um, you use the same routine every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I sell breakfast to them, I sell getting in the car to them. So you start selling by the time you get home, especially selling getting out of bed. <laughs> I'll tell it's you a harder what, sale. No, I've got, you know, the only difference is you got boys, I've got girls, but basically we're talking about roughly starting the same time, same sort of routine, yeah. and then begins the first listing presentation does, yeah. at home with the kids yeah. about having to pick up their bags, yeah. put them in the car. Shoes on. Shoes on. Okay. Brush your teeth. Yeah. So, so Paul, you know, like um, all that, and then you're off at work and, you know, you're doing all the stuff that you do at work. Um, what time do you go to bed at night? Um, probably about 9.30. Right. Yeah, I don't watch crap TV. Um, that's the big one. I'll listen to audio. I'll love docos. Um, you know, I still coach my son's football team. I, I think when you say, oh, you can listen to top performers, sound like they're busy, 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 but I think what we do really well is say no to stuff. Right. So we look at there's um, saying no to crap TV allows you to actually do other things. Can I ask, saying no, tell me the things that you say no to or the things that people should say more no to other people that will give them more time. Say no to people that shouldn't be in your environment. Protect your environment. Right. Um, spend quality time with quality people. I'll, I'll give you a really good example that um, is used in work. If you were to ring me and you'd call me and say, Paul, I'd like to make an offer on your property at 36 Johnson Road, I'd say, that's fantastic, Tom, what's your offer? Well, Paul, um, if you can come over, we'll have a chat to you. I go, sorry, Tom, I, I don't do that. If you could tell me what your offer is over the phone and I would feel that if it was in the range, you'd be happy to tell me, I'll come to your house right now. Other than that, I'll just convey it to the owner and see what they want me to do. Um, I'll call you back in 20 minutes. Right. And what I don't do, I don't drive to people's houses to sit there for an hour at night and be conditioned by them because I could do that all day long. And when they say to you, they, they would rather talk to you when you get there we can easily go, yes, okay. But I now in my career say no to that. But, Paul, you know, as you're saying, you know what I just thought of? You're taking control of your life versus giving people the power to take control of your life. You uh, more or absolutely. less, you, you more or less said is, I'm running my agenda. And to be quite honest with you, 
I reckon that's the best form of negotiation. It is. I mean, you're, 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 you're actually facing the, the critical issue versus keeping your fingers crossed you're going to go there and they're going to give you the surprise offer, which is the asking price, which yeah. is probably not what's going to happen. I could tell you now, firstly, you get an extra 20 or 30 grand straight away on the phone. But this, what you said, Tom, is true. We're, our business is based on always holding the clock. You've got the clock. So if they say, even if the printer says, I'll have it to you in the afternoon, I'll go, what time? I'll have it at three. Three's fine. I'm going to call you in an hour about viewing the property. It's in an hour. I don't wait for a buyer to get back to us. I say, you've viewed the property. You're probably going to chat. Do you want to make an offer now? No, we need to talk. That's fantastic. I'll call you at five tonight. We may not want to make an offer. Well, that's okay. At five tonight, I'll just see if you've got any other questions. They, you then put five tonight in their head. They know I'm going to call at five tonight. So you don't wait for anything. You run your clock in it. You know, you don't wait for things to happen. You run your agenda, you run your clock. And that, again, that control stops all this anxiety. It stops all the, the train from slowing down. Um, and that is experience. I, I've, I can sit here and talk about this because I've done it all the wrong ways. Yeah. And I, I've got the burnout. I've been through all that. And then one day you wake up and you go, this is an amazing industry, but I let it own me. Are you organised? I'm oh, very organised. Do you use a diary? Yeah, absolutely. A, a, hand, a handwritten diary? I, I use a book for notes, but I use my phone for everything. Right. Um, technology, to be able to... I, I look at technology as an exchange rate. Right. So if you can use technology to do in one hour what takes your competitor down the road to do in four, you can go to the beach for an hour in a gym. Right. But if you're $1 for $1, you're in the battle with them. But if you can do in one hour, that takes them eight hours because you take the time to learn out there what you can do with technology, you're going to win your life back. Best pieces of technology, whether it's an app, whether it's um, a device, what would you say your, your favourite piece? Um, probably the, the ability to generate interest quickly off realestate.com. Right. I, when I list a property, I e-brochure it straight away, have hits straight away, and use that on a Monday night for a Wednesday twilight viewing. Then I use the SMS from the system. Um, I always SMS with templates from the phone. I have favourite lists. So basically everything's about filling, using technology to fill the gaps that used to be dead time. You use an iPhone or BlackBerry yeah, or I, Samsung? I use an iPhone, iPhone. I use an iPad um, and, a, and a laptop. But it's every single time when there's dead time. So I arrived here early. I text you. Yeah. But in that meantime, I got, on, I got on my iPhone and just generated so much work. Just right. cleared the work, work, work. And so what I do is I don't waste time. I don't give it away but I use opportunities of pockets of time to then get things done. Um, and that becomes their, their habits. Yeah. Their habits and opportunities. And it's saying that, you know, you, you can do it at the start it's hard, but anything we do well takes a little while to become normality. And it's like waking up. Yeah. You know, I cannot set my alarm and I'll still wake up at 4.45. God knows why, but my body just says it's time to go. Yeah, well, all I'll say is um, to our viewers there, because we're both talking about waking up early, and all I'll say is... Um, Everything's hard before it's easy. Absolutely. Anything in life, everything's hard before it's easy. So accept it's, you know, there's a transition of something becoming normal. Paul, as we finish off here, I mean, I could talk, I'd love to do a second interview with you because um, the amount of content, and you're giving content, and I like that. You're not being grey, you're giving clear stuff. I want, if Paul Tonic was starting off in real estate again, knowing what you know today, with all the training, coaching, trial and error that you've done, what are three pieces of advice you'd give Paul Tonic? Because those three pieces of advice are people should be writing these three things down because you've learnt the hard way and you'd be able to give 
someone that's sitting there day one in real estate. Someone's in day one in real estate watching this. What are the three pieces of advice you'd give? I'd walk up to the top performer in the office and tell them they need the weekend off and open all their stock for them. That'd be the first thing. You've got to be in the marketplace to get a piece of the marketplace. Okay. So I'd walk straight up and say, why don't you have the weekend off? Can I have some of your opens? Can I open them for you? Um, this week, if there's any time you want to spend with your family and you get a buyer inquiry and you'd like me to go, great. If you want to have a week off your phone, do you want me to take your phone for the weekend and answer all your calls? Gold, 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 gold. Don't ask for any money. Just do it. Get your face out there. Meet the people. Beautiful. Number two? Um, I'd look at getting and starting from day one building a database. Um, look at your people of influence. Look where you need to know and knock on the big doors. Um, look at where you can get your business from and build a structure. Most people start ad hoc um, and actually just go out there instead of actually having a plan. Um, looking at, at your plan and working at it daily and chipping away. Beautiful. Paul, and number three? Number three would be working on you. Um, practice telling jokes. Sit there and tell stories. Build stories. Learn how to t tell a story. Your level and your ability to communicate will always decide your income. Okay. I've got to say, Paul Tonic, look him up, Google him. If you want to find him, you'll Google him. You'll find out all about him. Go on to, you can learn all this stuff that we talked about by going onto his social media, going onto his digital footprint. Paul Tonic, thank you so much, brother. No, thank you. Thank you.